I took marketing and entrepreneurship. I took college classes my junior and senior year because I had taken everything that I could take in high school and I just was thirsty for more knowledge. Um, So I started my first business when I was 18 um, and I've had several businesses. I'm in my 40s now and I've learned a lot. And welcome to Fuck Your Podcast. I'm Emma Pardo. And I'm Katie Martin. And we have a special guest today. We have Nikki Corson, who I've known for a while and is amazing. Uh, An entrepreneur in a couple very different industries. So we're excited to have you on the podcast. So tell the listeners a little bit about you and and, uh, then we'll get into like what we're going to talk about. Right. Well, how much time do we have? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so I was born an entrepreneur. Uh, it's I definitely have been different from my family since the day I was born. And I definitely just knew even as a very, very young child that I was different and I was meant to do more than my surroundings. Um, I didn't understand it, but I just had this feeling. And in ninth grade, I definitely knew what I wanted to do. And it's, you know, it's really young to, to know. And I took a marketing class, ninth grade at least when I was in high school, you know, 50 years ago, (laughs) you, your first year in high school, you kind of had to like take all of the different electives. They call it a wheel or something like that. And so I forgot how long you went to each one, um, just to get a little taste of everything because they know you're young and you don't have no idea what the hell you want to do. So they kind of forced everyone in those days to buy a little bit of everything. So marketing was offered at my school and I probably would have never taken that being, you know, 13, but I absolutely fell in love with it. And then, so all of my classes for the rest of my high school years, I took marketing and entrepreneurship. I took college classes my junior and senior year because I had taken everything that I could take in high school. And I just was thirsty for more knowledge. I joined, you know, show you what, like what a cool fucking nerd I was. I joined a marketing association for high school students. So I did that. Um, I also did cheer and dance. I wasn't like a a total, total nerd. (laughs) I love still to this day to nerd out. But um, yeah, I ended up becoming president of that chapter and competing all over the country, writing business plans, believe it or not. That's awesome. Um, Yeah, I had a passion really really young. And I knew, um, so I started my first business when I was 18. um, And I've had several businesses. I'm in my 40s now. And I've learned a lot. I've learned, you know, what what doesn't work, what works. I learned some very expensive lessons, uh, who to trust, who not to trust and (laughs) everything in between. So, you know, a little bit about me, but definitely business entrepreneurship just is running in my veins. Like, and I don't know where I get it from because no one else in my family is like I am, but I thank God that that I am. So <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah. And it's weird how like you just, you just know, like you have that feeling like, and sometimes people don't figure it out till they're a little bit older. Like yeah. you're, you're lucky to kind of have that spark in going into high school. And man, I'm super jealous like of a high school having those types of programs because you know there's not a lot about there's not always that opportunity and a lot of kids the education I mean we could get on a whole rant about the education system but like entrepreneurship (laughs) 
I mean, sometimes you don't even get exposure to marketing outside of like a consumer education class. And like, that's a requirement to graduate. And it's like a, it's not even a semester. It's like a a quarter of your school year. So they don't even, it doesn't even really cover enough to even, you know, maybe even spark someone's interest in, you know, in the world of marketing. So I think that's, I think that's awesome. Yeah, I was very blessed. And I think, you know, it's like everything happens for a reason, or at least Mm -hmm. I believe that. Right. You know, what are the odds? And, and my high school actually offered two different marketing courses that you could take um, throughout your three, four years Mm -hmm. at high school. And the marketing chapter that I mentioned that I joined, it was, um, it was called DECA at the time. It's still DECA. Is it? Do they still? No, it's still, at least when I was in high school, which was. Okay. Looks like last year. (laughs) And I mean that in a very super. No, I know. I understand. (laughs) And I appreciate it. I graduated. <laughs> I graduated in 2016. So okay. um, it was still. It was still yeah. Becca. That oh, I don't know. If it's, <laughs> I don't know if it's changed now, but it, it was still Deco when I was cool. there. Okay, so it's an association of marketing students and, you know, I have no idea what it looks like now, but it just so happened that the chapter that I joined was run by my marketing teacher and I I got super involved, like, and I know this like a long time ago, but I I was so lucky and so blessed to have that outlet and I did all things marketing and entrepreneurship. It was amazing and I took, you know, they did much like, um, what is it, student council, you know, they would take vote on Mm -hmm. who got the different positions. And each year I ran for something in my senior year, I became president. And it just, it taught me so much, so much. I almost want to say more than college, but I can't quite say that. But (laughs) it It, did expose me to a lot. It could be depending on the college, because I've seen college marketing programs that are not great. (laughs) I know. And I did. I went to a community. I didn't go to Harvard, guys. I went to a community college and I didn't even finish because, of course, I'm like, I already fucking learned all this stuff. Right. Um, They're teaching me what the hell am I doing? And I'm ready to get started. I'm not saying that's the route that everyone should take, but that's the route that I took. I'm like, fuck this. I'm ready to make money. (laughs) (laughs) So, well, and we met um, obviously through the roofing industry. And Mm -hmm. I can tell you just in the time that I started in the roofing industry until I kind of moved more into, you know, consulting and things like that, just the drastic change in those, I mean, what, six, seven years, you know? And so I can't imagine what, because I didn't really, I didn't know anything about marketing. I didn't know that that was anything I wanted to be involved in until I was way grown up, you know, way later. I don't even know what that would have been like in the time like that you and I would have been in in college or even after college. And so what, uh, like, what was your first real taste of entrepreneurship? Like out of, you know, once you decided I want to go make money. Uh, so when I graduated high school, I, um, was working as a, a waitress, but I knew like, I'm like, I'm going to start a business right now. Yep. So I opened a concierge service. So I was waiting tables at night. I was taking classes at night and I only had like one or two classes during the day. And it wasn't even every day because I wanted to work too. So I wasn't mm-hmm. like just, you know, going to school. So I opened a concierge business and I ran errands for people, picked up their dry cleaning, grocery shop. You know, this is way, way, way before Instacart. Kids up or take them, you know, to their summer activities or pick them up from school and take them to daycare. You know, I didn't watch kids, but, you know, I, oh. I transported 
courted some kids, <laughs> you know, because the parents couldn't leave work or did, you know, didn't want to have to leave work, but wanted their kids to be able to do extracurricular activities and just weren't able to, you know, work it out. So I did all kinds of various things. It was, um, so it was a concierge service and it was really cool. And I got to, you know, I didn't have to be like chained to a desk per se. And I got to be all over and meet a whole bunch of people. I wrote, I wrote out, you know, my little business plan. Cause of course I'd learned how to do that. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, started networking and going into medical offices and taking my flyers, you know, I mean, then I'm 18 and, you know, the internet wasn't anywhere near like it is today. So, you know, we were still very much doing things in person and, you know, putting flyers on cars and that kind of thing was still, you know, acceptable for, especially for what I was doing, uh, except acceptable forms of marketing. But I really just went into businesses because the working moms and the working professionals for my target market, um, yeah. the ones that are too busy to go run, you know, do all these little annoying things that have to be done. I mean, people really right. weren't like paying their bills online like they are now. So even, you know, taking mail or it, it was just crazy. I, I Now that I'm talking about it, I'm like, wow, like I did so many things that everybody just does online now, but that wasn't a thing back then. So it was a cool it was, little. Yeah. This, it was services that were necessary. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Before before it's time for sure (laughs) Mm -hmm. before it's time because that's like that's all i do i don't like to like i work from home cole works from home we rarely leave the house and if i'm going like to run errands it's like pick up crew from school or it's like i'll order groceries online i'm not gonna go out I try to do that. I try to do that whenever I can. And that's one of those things that you don't, you didn't think about when, you know, 15 years ago when you had small kids, like now, now if I had small children, which thank God I don't, um, (laughs) I have, I have older children that could run errands (laughs) if I need, need them to. But I mean, I can imagine the time that it saves or just the headache and the stress of, you know, like you said, being a busy mom and having to go and do stuff like that. Yeah, I can, I'd order groceries and do all that stuff as much as I possibly can. So when uh so i'm trying to think of like i mean i know i know some of this but like fast forward a little down the road when uh you and you and dave met he was in the roofing industry and you know roof crafters the reason i wanted to touch on that and kind of segue into that is because of it being such a powerful brand and obviously that's kind of the how i mean that's how we met one another um how did that come about and the and the branding and the marketing start um with with that business yeah so the brand that was and is roof crafters i really have to give to dave um he had done that before we had met and he Mm -hmm. definitely um he didn't have any you know quote unquote formal training Um, But he had lots of real life uh, training and he is a brilliant man. I just have to say, and he gets it. He just gets it. He gets marketing. He um, way, way beyond myself. I kind of, as I ventured more into entrepreneurship, I veered away from the marketing, studying it, staying Mm. on top of it and more into the operational. I'm super analytical and you know, I can get creative, but I definitely have more of the analytical brain. Right. And I, I like the, you know, the number aspect and systems and processes and all those boring things that most people start falling asleep. So I won't talk about it too much. I don't want anybody falling asleep on me. But So yeah, I, I had owned a property management company 
and and had you know in my early 20s had a, a pretty good size um, successful business that I was running and it kind of it started out property management mm. and then I started doing um, turns like key you know turnkey service for um, apartments condos rental houses things like that just mm-hmm. Pretty much every aspect and getting those ready to re-rent or release. And in that, I got a nice taste of workers' comp and audits and, <laughs> yeah. and all those things. And luckily it wasn't in a super high risk industry, but I so I got to learn, okay, it, because you know, it's a game. I, I don't care what you say. And I know some, you know, I'm I'm not like the biggest fan of insurance companies. I'll mm-hmm. go ahead and you know, disclose that um, they're about as corrupt up there as politics, but that's a story for another. I'm day. dealing with that right now with insurance companies. <laughs> yeah, they're. I mean, you know, they're a business. I see their side. I definitely do, but they're they're very corrupt. So, and uh, when I met Dave, it was not in a professional setting. It was in a personal setting. And as we got to know each other, he, you know, disclosed more and more some of the things that he was dealing with. And it was all operational stuff, mm. you know, marketing, sales, and he he had a successful business. Like, so he he got it, but there's a lot of backend stuff that has to be done, has to be kept up that he just wasn't. He's one person. He One, he didn't have time. Two, he hated it. So of course, all the stuff that we hate, we put off. Right. And he had, at the time, he had two partners and, you know, that was um, starting to become a hot mess and just paired with uh, some of the things that he was facing, uh, overdue audits and uh, some lawsuits. And it was just kind of crazy. I was like, I can help you get all of this straight, like the stuff that you're needing to submit and all like, I got you just, you know, give me, give me access to this, this and this, and I'll, I'll get you straight. So it kind of started off as that. And then his partners uh, wanted to leave, they wanted out. And that was a very good thing, but everything was very intertwined and in a mess. So I decided to purchase the assets of Roofcrafters and it did go through a name change. And I kind of just started over because that company was going to be in the legal process for a while with him, the partners and this and that. And and he wanted to just dissolve it anyway. But I was like, wow, you've done such an amazing job um, branding. Of course, he could start over. He could start over and create another successful roofing company. But I kind of just said, you know what, I'm going to take the logo. I'm going to take the assets. I consulted with an attorney, obviously like, okay, what does this look like? Is do something like this? I don't want to be dragged into anything from their past and that they have going on. I want to start fresh, but I want to be able to use the logo and keep the phone numbers and like, you know, finish building what Dave had started. And so he, he had a really good base, a good foundation as far as how well he branded the logo and his territories were it just the company was very well known. Um, He had a great reputation. He focused on customer service. And I'm like, that I don't want to let that go. It's a good foundation. It's a good foundation to not 
rebuild, but not at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, and I didn't know anything. I, you know, I had been around construction. I, my property management um, business had extended into doing painting and cleaning services for mm-hmm. new homes, and this was during the real estate boom. So, I had tons of accounts with you know Centex and Dr. Horton and all the builders because they were building right. you know those communities freaking right. out. So, I was around construction a lot, but that didn't make me like a roofing expert by any means. Um, I I would even say I didn't really know anything about roofing. I knew how to spell roof. (laughs) So I, uh, yeah, so I took over, I bought the assets and I went to classes uh, because I like to learn. I do. Uh, And I, uh, but I had to get the licensing. So I got a higher level license than than David ever had in South Carolina and Georgia that enabled me to do more work or commercial work, especially because it's limited based on your license level. And then we ended up expanding into Florida. So I got the licensing for Florida. And now we're, you know, we just started in Jacksonville and now we're from Jacksonville or really the state line all the way down to Fort Myers. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah, we cover a very wide (laughs) territory in Florida. So which is um, good. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we did that, you know, over the last really since I've known you, Katie. And when Mm -hmm. we met, we were just um, getting started in Jacksonville, like I just got the licensing. So that's all happened just in the last six years. Yeah, we have about 60 employees now that are full time W2 employees. We have maybe three people that are uh, 1099. So it's the yeah, it's a pretty big operation now. Yeah, uh, sounds like it. That's exciting, though. Yeah, it's been a journey. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I mean, but how exciting! Like you get so now. I'm just thinking about like where where you guys were, and and again, you just described it over the last six years that like the, the amount of growth and the amount of work that you that you and Dave have put into the business, and having to hire some of the right people to help get you mm-hmm. there, and and getting it to where it's sustaining fairly well because now you've started another company and and are there other ones that i don't know about like are you are you are you man like owning more than just the two at this stage so i um as far as roofing companies no it's just the one i started a personal brand and i'm kind of expanding underneath that that i'm releasing in july but it's going to be coaching and and retreats and everything around personal Mm self-development and kind of just getting our head out of our own ass because I like it yeah everybody needs it yeah (laughs) (laughs) I'm an expert at wedging my head up my own ass sometimes (laughs) I've had you know great mentors throughout my life that have, you know, helped me pull it out when needed. It's like, yeah, Nicole, what? No, you know, I I think that analytical mind has helped me just as much as it's hurt me because then I can overanalyze. Yeah. Way more complicated than they, than they have to be. But so, yeah, I've, I've worked on myself quite a bit since you've met me. And, and honestly, uh, when you, met me, I was in much darker place than I even realized I was. I told myself I was fine and I'm great and I'm good. Meanwhile, I'm, you know, drinking a bottle or two of wine every night just so I don't have a stroke. <laughs> that's not okay. Yeah, you know, that's not the definition of fine. But, you know, it, it's 
you guys working uh, with with Smash when I met you did open my eyes to the fact that I had to just realize where I was and be mm-hmm. honest with myself. And it wasn't that I wasn't successful or I didn't have things. It was just, I had a lot of um, self-sabotaging going on. I didn't know how to handle emotions. I didn't even do emotions. So I was suppressing everything. And of course it, you know, never goes anywhere, explodes later. Right. Usually people that have nothing to do with anything that you're going through. And, uh, you know, it was really, you guys opening my eyes to that and and then the journey began um because realization is one part of it and a very important part of it but sure. then you've got to do the work you know you've mm-hmm. got to go through it yeah. i had a lot of healing that i needed to do and i really did not know that i had this you know i had self confidence and so i don't want to say i didn't have any but i had built you know a wall around my heart and my feelings were suppressed and i had a false confidence too though and i really displayed this false confidence for so long that i even bought it that I was actually this confident person when really inside. And it was obvious by my actions, you know, that I was really this scared little girl inside that was super insecure, had self-esteem issues and, and did not love myself at all. And I thought I did, you know, and I, you know, I had someone ask me, you know, like, why is it that, that you don't love yourself? And I'm like, what, you know, I actually, I was I was going to say I can relate to this because I never realized that like I, th- I feel like that's a like common issue, especially with females. is just having that like you think you've got it together, but really you don't. And you kind of know that you don't, but you're not going to acknowledge it deal. And mm-hmm. I kind of had the same thing and I never realized it until Mike Claudio actually called it out. He was talking to me at the smash event in June, uh, the reckoning, whatever that was um, June last year. And just like having conversation and he was like, I can already tell this is the kind of like person that you are just from like how you carry yourself. Like you, like on the outside, you look really confident on the inside. This is who you are. And I was like, oh my God, like what? (laughs) Like I didn't even know like what to think. It was just kind of like shock. Like, oh, I just got called out. And then, and then making sure I held myself to it after that. And I still struggle with it, but (laughs) it is what it is. Yeah. It took somebody calling me out for me to go, oh maybe you're not wrong. Like, (laughs) yeah, no, totally. And, and it, you know, I think it being someone that you can respect, you know, to to point out and then you're like, Oh fuck. Yeah. Cause my first reaction was like, what dude, get, get the hell out of here. Well, that was the, that was the first time I had met Mike was Mm, at the event and him (laughs) to say that I was like, (laughs) like, (laughs) it was like, maybe you're right. I don't know. It was like this whole like shock to the system for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And us being open enough and willing enough to take that look inside and be honest with ourselves and go, Mm -hmm. okay, shit. Right. Got work to do here. Or sometimes, sometimes you do know that you have work to do or you like you, or if you're blessed enough to like know what you're really self-conscious about what, I mean, some people do, but some people are in denial about the certain things that they're super self-conscious makes that really, really hard to brand yourself like into like, 
and to promote yourself because if you're really put because that's like i would say one of the scariest things i've had a lot of people who say how do i get started in x y and z or you sometimes see business owners who are scared to promote the business that they own because Mm -hmm. they're dealing with their own stuff that can make that whole process really intimidating yeah like because you're really putting yourself out there and if you're struggling with either really appreciating how great you really are or really understanding just who you are, it's going to make your brand come across really fake. Yeah. Or unstable or that you don't have it all together or, you know, mm-hmm. and that's not going to sell. That's not going to no. drop you. In. It's no. definitely the right people. <laughs> Nobody's going to trust you. <laughs> right. Cause you don't trust yourself. Exactly. So kind of like leading into that with the personal brand that you have, um, like the, the Prissy Nikki brand. So that's, you're talking about like, that's where you're, you're going to use that brand and expand into the coaching and self-development side through that. Yeah. Brand. yeah. Awesome. Um, it, it'll be a branch office. It's, um, sure. so my personal brand is Prissy Nikki. And I really started that as a beauty brand, which, you know, obviously is way different than roofing or construction yep. or property management it has nothing to do with that. Um, <laughs> But uh, lashes are something that I've just been wearing um, for a very long time, uh, way, way before they were popular. I just had bought them, I don't know, I think at like uh, Spencer's or some, you know, because you couldn't get them. When I started wearing them, you weren't getting them at Walgreens or Target or any of these places. And uh, it was, it was probably around Halloween or after something like that. And they were eyelashes and they had like right along the strip, they had like little gems and I thought, Oh, how cool. Like if I, when I go out or whatever, that would look mm-hmm. so cool at night. How these right. started wearing them. And then I started wearing them like every time I went out and then it just kind of transformed throughout the years that I was wearing them daily with gems, without gems, whatever. Uh, my favorite <laughs> color is, is bling. So anything that shines. <laughs> I'm all about it. And uh, yeah, I just, I was in a, a place you know, a lot of entrepreneurs, like I have a podcast as well. And all of the entrepreneurs that I talk to that really go deep with me and share their story is like, we all have the same story, uh, different circumstances, of course, mm-hmm. but ends up being the same story in that, you know, from a young age, for whatever reason, whether it's our upbringing or just our society, the neighborhoods we grow, whatever it is, we are programmed and we program ourselves to one, this ideal person that we have to be. uh, And we don't ever stop to think, you know, is that who I really am? And is that who I want to be? It's just like, this is who I'm supposed to be. Mm -hmm. This is success. This is beauty. This is whatever it is in our heads that we tell ourselves, this is who I'm going to be. I'm going to work towards this, but we don't question a lot of us, I won't say none of us, but a lot of us. And then we don't question that one, is that true to who I am Two, Do I even want that? But we just do it. And a part of that is what level of success we want. And, you know, we're told, okay, you've got to go to college, then you get married and you have kids and you get the house with the white picket fence Mm -hmm. and you pay for retirement, you know, and it's like, we're told, okay, here's the steps to a successful life. And we all, most of us bought into it. Mm -hmm. Um, And what happens when you're doing something that's not in alignment with who you really are, you're going to hit the fucking wall Mm -hmm. one day because you're not going to be happy because it's not who you are. It's 
it's not what you really want. You're just doing what you've told yourself you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, here we are, we have a roofing company in three states, firmly retail. We do, you know, storm, but we are we are set up retail. We're at, you know, 20 million in revenue at that time. And I have the houses and and kids and dogs and cars and vacations when I want to and at the fucking med spa whenever I want to. And <laughs> all these things. I was fucking miserable. I was depressed. I was miserable and I didn't know what the hell was wrong with me. And I felt guilty because I'm thinking about all the boxes that I checked. I've done everything that I'm supposed to do. I've, I've, you know, quote unquote, made it. I was not done by any means expanding and growing the business, but, you know, I hadn't reached a level of success where I'm comfortable. I don't have to worry financially. I have everything that when I was little that I ever wanted, what the fuck is wrong with me then? What is wrong with me? Am I not grateful? And I go inward and I'm like, but I am grateful. I'm so grateful. But that made me feel guilty. Then what the hell is wrong with you? This isn't enough for you. It's just day and it, boom, it was answered. Unfortunately, this took years of self-sabotage and rebuilding and starting a point where I go, oh, I created this completely unrealistic, unobtainable, unfair um, image of who I should be. Mm -hmm. And obviously I was never going to get there. It was completely unfair to me to even put that on myself to achieve something that I literally couldn't. And I know we're like, anything's possible, but like, you know, I'm five, one, uh, on a good day with my shoes. I I don't have, I have a short torso. I swear to God, it's like five inches. Um, I have a short torso. So like being a model is just not in the cards for me. Right. But I, not that I wanted to be a model, but it's like, I had this unfair image of what I think I should look like the success I should have, you know, all these things. So of course I was constantly beating myself up constantly, um, you know, disappointed because I didn't invent something or I didn't, you know, and it's just super unfair stuff. And, and it's, I wasn't going to achieve it. And so I just, I was constantly failing in my mind, even though anyone looking from the outside would say, wow, you've got, you know, I mean, I didn't have jets and yachts and and all those things too but i had everything i ever wanted right. and these people would look and go yeah i mean what what the hell are you complaining about yeah um, but it was just this internal war that had been going on for years and years that i wasn't recognizing i wasn't acknowledging and i was constantly self-sabotaging mm-hmm. um, because i felt like a failure i felt like I was worthless. I didn't love myself. I quite frankly hated myself in a lot of aspects. I did. I wouldn't say completely, but there were a lot of things about me that I hated because I wasn't this stupid, you know, I must call it stupid now, image that I had sold myself when I was younger. This is who you need to be. 
But then when I stopped and realized that I was doing that, then I had to ask myself, is that even who you really are? And is that who you even want to try to be? Like, this is fake. Like, what are you doing? And once I was able to honestly say to myself and not feel guilty about it, because I went through this phase of like, no, that's not who I want to be. And I'm not going to try to be that anymore. Then I was like, oh, well, what is it? Are you just going soft? Are you just being easy on yourself because you can't do it? I mean, I was ruthless to myself. Mm-hmm. You know, what is it like everyone gets a trophy, Nicole? Like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> like, it's, you know, because I didn't want to ease up on me and my targets just to be easier on myself. I, and so I was like, checking myself, like, what are you doing? Are you just giving up or, but I had to realize one, it's unobtainable Two, That's not even what I really want. Right. It was hard for me to admit that and accept that because I felt like I was taking the easier route or that I was letting myself down or giving up or, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't that I just had to be, I had to go inward too, because then I go, okay, well, what do I want? Do you know how many years people ask me, Mike, Claudio, one of them, (laughs) Nikki, what do you want? I don't fucking know. Right. I know what I want. I'm happy with what I have, Mm -hmm. but I don't know where I want to go from here. Right. Yeah. And I couldn't figure out why. And I would, you know, sit down and I'd be like, okay, I'm clearing the afternoon or whatever. And I'm going to figure this out. And the problem was, is that I was so busy trying to be someone I'm not for most of my life that I didn't fucking know who I was. So how am I ever going to figure out what I want when I don't even fucking know who I am? Yeah. It's like, this is like the thing that I can relate it to is like when you're going through a breakup with somebody and you have that realization, like, oh, this is not this doesn't line up with me. And then it's like, it's scary because you have that basically with yourself. And then when you go to start the like relearning process or even just learning process of yourself, it's like meeting someone new right away. And then you're like, is this even okay? Like you question everything. Mm. So that's how I look at it is like, when you go through something like that is the thing that I can relate it to is going through. Yeah. Like a breakup with somebody going, well, this is what I thought when I started this, that this is what this was going to turn into three years later down the road it's not this Mm -hmm. and then like being grateful for all of it but then realizing this is not like i'm not fulfilled because it's not what i want Mm -hmm. i'm going through that breakup process and then when you go to rediscover yourself it's I, i don't even know how to describe it it's like going into it i just know that it's like being open just you have to be open to learning yourself for that to even feel successful yeah And what I see like to, you know, go full circle, what I see a lot of entrepreneurs doing and struggling is with that very same thing. If they're struggling in their marketing and they're struggling, you know, uh, with who their target market is and they're struggling with all these different things. What I see now that I've gone through all of this work on myself and journey for self-love and acceptance is that, oh, I can, I can just point it out now. It's like, oh, okay, well, you're struggling because you don't know who the fuck you are. That's why. Right. <laughs> so, right. You know, I don't say it like that, you know, because sure. I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings, but it's just now I can see it because I've been through it. And it's like, yeah, dude or girl, you gotta, you gotta just go sit with yourself and get, have a real conversation. I was going to say, come to Jesus Art. moment with yourself. Yeah, right. But I was going to ask, what was the reaction of, 
the people around you when you started making that adjustment? Like not everybody, people like that version of it. Like, what was the reaction and how did people support that when you went through that? Oh my gosh, man. I, and I'll tell you, like, I, th- I would say this is the part where everyone's journey is going to be similar, but very different. And when you can accept, you know, whatever it is that's going on inside, whether it's you don't ever um, validate your own emotions or recognize your own emotions, mm-hmm. or you suppress everything, you know, and, and women go through this just as much as men, especially with the whole feminism movement and everything. It's like, you know, who we really are and how we feel and just, you know, shove them right down. So depending on, you know, how fucked up of an individual you are and come to find out as I I start peeling back the layers, holy hell, like mine was really, you know, I don't want to label it as bad, but it was way more than I was expecting. It's been the biggest challenge of my life. It's been the most rewarding, but it was an, I will say a shit show. I didn't know how to have emotions and feelings. I had adult temper tantrums, you know, not like out in public on the ground, kicking and screaming, <laughs> but, I, but I wanted to, <laughs> I right. wanted to do that. I felt that way because I'm like, ah, I'm feeling everything now. And I don't know how to deal with this. Like, I yeah. just want to push it back down again. But it's like, once you open the flood gates, you can't close them again for some time. No. Because trust me, I it's tried. Out <laughs> it's out there. Yeah. I was like, no, don't like this. I want to close them again. But, uh, you know, life's like, nope, you you opened them. They're, they're staying open. So I'm like, oh, now I got to learn how to deal with this. Um, so I had a lot of war still going on. I, I was trying to figure things out. I, I still tried to self-sabotage. I, cause I, it, it's been, you know, and this is over the last six, seven years since, Katie has, has met me. So I've had ups, I've had downs, I've had all these things. So I definitely distanced myself from people. I'm sure there were people that are like, okay, yeah, she's just no one I prefer to be around anymore. I still have some of the same friends. So it wasn't everyone, but you know, most people will tell you when you go through a major transformation, you are, people are going to fall out of your life. And if they do, it's, it, it, it truly is for the best. And it, it doesn't even necessarily mean in a nasty way. There's people um, that I don't talk to anymore at all. There's people that it's because there was some kind of falling out in some kind of way, or some is just, we just weren't in alignment anymore. And we just don't really talk. But if I saw them on the street, you know, it's friendly. We just have the same things in common anymore. My life doesn't revolve around drama or anger or, you know, drinking or, you know, a lot of these things that were in my life that I, that just aren't anymore. Not that I don't still have a drink here and there, but I'm not out, you know, just really throwing down all weekend. (laughs) Right. Um, So, you know, there's people end up disappearing, but it really is for the best because then you do meet new people that are very much in alignment with who you really are. And that once you have those kinds of relationships in your life and you get to experience the positivity and true love and acceptance of those around you, you realize that those other relationships that you had before, you know, I don't mean romantically, just friendships, you're like, wow, that wasn't even really a real relationship. Or it was just based around this toxic thing. And you don't miss that. Of course, Um, it's you're you're much better off where you are and you're happier and you have peace and love inside. And I would take that any day of the week over (laughs) anything. Peace of mind is priceless. (laughs) 
<laughs> right. I was going to say kind of, this is kind of side note, kind of relevant because um, you mentioned it and it's been a topic that I've been hearing a lot lately. And I think like being, I don't want to say sober, but not going hard every weekend or like whatever routine. I think that's becoming sort of a trend. Like I know that like my mom and I, I think we're talking about it today. She's like, I just like have a glass of wine here and there, but like I have no desire to go on the weekends and drink like crazy and have that like party. But like, I feel like it's that comes with like when you start to like love yourself, you realize you don't have to like do all these things. And I feel like being intoxicated in whatever way comes along with that. I don't drink as much not that I ever drink a ton, but it's like maybe on a weekend I'll have a beer or two, but it's not like this going hard every weekend. And I think that comes along with the journey to kind of relate it to the topic. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, there was a time where I didn't want to go out or do anything if I wasn't drinking because that's not fun, you know, right, right. when I need to have fun, mm-hmm. uh, but that's not true at all. And I still, enjoy, you know, like I, I used to drink a lot, like mm-hmm. a lot. I could out drink a lot of men. Um, <laughs> that probably comes just from my Irish and Scottish ancestors, but yeah, I can just hold a lot of liquor for some reason, <laughs> even when I don't drink for a long time. It's just, I don't know. You just have uh, a tolerance. <laughs> I just have a tolerance, unfortunately, but yeah, I would go hard in the paint for sure. Uh, they, you know, didn't matter if it was a weekend during the week, whatever, if there's something going on, I'm in. And it was, you know, hard liquor and it would be shots and heavy drinks and things like that. And, and now, and I've gone, uh, you know, over the last six, seven years, I've gone, um, long, long periods, um, not drinking just to get clarity, especially when I was going in inward, uh, and really doing a lot of soul searching and whatnot. I just felt like one, my liver and kidneys sure as hell wouldn't mind the break. And mm-hmm. two, I just really wanted clarity and to be able to focus. And I wasn't going to have that if I was going partying, like I like I used to. And now I don't drink liquor at all. I think I've had one or two of those like rum chata mm. shots, which most people wouldn't include as a liquor <laughs> shot. <laughs> It's not, it's pretty weak, but in the last, you know, several years and, and that's it. But I do love um, champagne and Prosecco. So I still enjoy that from time to time, nowhere near the level that I was going before, but that, you know, you look at why, why did you do that? And most of the time was one, I did kind of sell myself the idea of this is how you have fun. I had to unlearn that, Mm -hmm. but two, I was suppressing, especially if I was drinking during the week, I was suppressing. I just didn't want to deal with things. I wanted to be numb. It was self-medicating. Right. Yeah. We either associate it, like you said, with you, you associate it with, you have to do it in order to have fun or you have to do it to Mm de-stress. And it's just, it's like anything, it's like an, it can be, become an unhealthy habit, you know, not to the, not to the, you know, you have people who are full on, you know, a problem, like, you know, to where it becomes more of a problem or, you know, but even just using it in an unhealthy manner in a very, in a limited capacity, you know, can be negative. And just when you take, take that step away, from it for a little while you can see how you feel i think that was the biggest thing it's like i never i don't think i ever got to a place where i was drinking i i would notice if i started to drink a, something every day or multiple times throughout the week but i i started to really recognize how bad i felt and so yeah. just just like removing it and doing it once a week once every other week you know or a glass of wine with a nice dinner 
is way different than a couple cocktails a night. Right. For sure. Um, so yeah, that's been, that's been a huge, one of the huge transformations, but honestly, just the self-love and the self-acceptance, like everything that was coming up in my life that I was struggling with, I was able to tie it back that there was a lack of love in, in my life in some aspect and, and just repairing and healing all of that. So when it comes to branding, you know, it's it's important to know your target market and and build that avatar so you know exactly when you're marketing who the heck you're talking to. Mm-hmm. Right. But before you even get to that, you really need to know who you are. And you know, to those that might be listening you're like I know who I am. And you might. You and if yep. you do, that's freaking awesome because I want that to you. Yeah. (laughs) that for everyone. But if you haven't really sat down in a very long time and did a Mm -hmm. self-assessment, you know, are you really you or are you being who you think you're supposed to be? Right. Mm -hmm. Society wants to see. But when you go home at night and you're by yourself or you go on a trip by yourself, anyway, any kind of time that you get alone and you're letting the real you out, well, then okay, let's have Jesus talk. Um, Because that is going to come out in your marketing, no matter how much you try to hide it, mask it. If you're not authentic, it shows. You might think you're fooling everyone, but everyone can see it. Right. Right. Maybe you're fooling yourself. I don't know, but everyone else can see it. So, you know, just as important as, um, you know, your logo and the colors and and all of those things that go into marketing and, and branding and knowing your target, all of that is, mm-hmm. is important, but all of it is going to be such a waste of your time if you are not being your authentic self. Right. Yep. I agree. And, uh, thank you so much for sharing that too, because I, it just resonates with a lot of things that I've had to go, had to do recently. And I think that just shows that when you've been on an, a journey for, when, you know, we're in our forties. So that's, you go through times where you can feel really good about what you're doing for a, a really long time until you don't. And, yeah. and when you don't like, that's a, it's kind of like when you run a fever, when you're sick, like it's a, it's a warning sign. And the, when you get into those spaces, cause we all do it. Like there's all, there's going to be times where you feel like you're on pace and you're on track and things are going really well. And then you get to that place, like, just like you described, where you're like, why do I not feel fulfilled or satisfied? Or why do I feel like there's like, there's a disconnect somewhere? Why do I not feel happy? Um, and I've been in that same spot where it's like, I, I can't communicate what I want, but I can tell you what I don't want. And even sometimes when you start there, I think the hardest part when the hardest part for me was I knew what I didn't want and I knew what I didn't align with. But if you have the wrong people around you or, you know, somebody telling you, well, you're just a quitter. You know, if if you don't do what this path is here, you're just a quitter. And so now you're thinking, oh, well, maybe they're right. Like if yeah. I, but inside you're screaming like, no, like there's something wrong about what I'm doing right now. And, yeah. you know, it's freeing when you can get to that place. And, you know, I hate, I hate kind of like segueing it in just to be like part of the topic of what we're talking about, but you're hundred percent right. Where if, when you feel that confidence or that that freedom or hey this is like this is what i really love doing it it truly comes across that way to anybody that's watching yes well we want to thank nicole corson for being on the podcast today and where uh where can we find you where can we find what you're working on what you're doing yeah it's um on social media like most 
people. So <laughs> I have a business page, Prissy Nikki, and on Instagram, it's the Prissy Nikki, uh, Facebook, Prissy Nikki. I also have a personal page, Nikki Corson. Uh, so you can reach me there very, very easily. If you want to email me, it's besties at prissynikki.com. <laughs> And uh, I will be launching my self-improvement, self-love uh, coaching and retreats uh, July 14th. And it's under nice. or it's branded the name Bitch, It's You. I love that. <laughs> oh, That's nice. That has a good ring to it. <laughs> I, I love it. Love <laughs> yeah, I'm so. really excited. Awesome. Well, as usual, you can uh, reach out to us if you have a topic you want to hear, any advice that you need. You could email or email message our Instagram <laughs> at f underscore underscore k your pod, or you can email me at Emma at ninety nine creatives or Katie at Katie at ninety nine creatives. Um, basically, moral of the story, which I usually say at the end. I don't know why I've been saying it the last couple podcasts. What, what would be the moral of today's story? Hmm. Be your authentic <laughs> self. There you go. Be unapologetically yourself. I love that saying in itself. Um, and don't forget to do the damn thing. Okay, bye. <laughs>